Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We have so many things to talk about. I got to start off by chatting about JLo at the inauguration. Now, I was uh, loving watching it. It was wonderful. Yay, America, all of the good things. But I couldn't get over the fact that JLo was singing America the Beautiful, the Hex Hector remix, <laughs> Let's Get Loud, weaved into it. I was expecting her to take off that beautiful Chanel all-white outfit and just have like her waiting for tonight outfit on with like the green lasers coming on. Like that's what I was expecting. And you know what? Good for her. I loved it. It was unexpected. And you know, these big stars, they know what to do to get you to, to move the merch, as they say. You know, I believe all of us went onto Spotify or iTunes and started listening to Let's Get Loud, but I just could not get over that we were welcoming the new president of the United States, and J-Lo just decided decided to just say one lyric of Let's Get Loud in the midst of America the Beautiful. And honestly, that's the America that's beautiful to me. So good for her. Loved it. Put on a show, honey. I could have watched hours more of it. I kind of wanted her to keep singing. And Lady Gaga, too. Gaga came and sang something. I wanted her to get into like a shallow or something from A Star Is Born or Chromatica. I was like, can't we have a little bit more here? I know they had a business to get to, but I would have loved to see a little bit more from Gaga. You know. Anyway, you guys, I want to thank you all for the love uh, about Watch What Happens Live. I was on last night with Andy and some other wonderful other uh, Bravo experts, and we had so much fun. So thank you, thank you, thank you. My mom, uh, she did text and... I did talk to her about my performance on the show, and she did call it too caffeinated. She said, Dan, I couldn't understand one thing you were saying, Dan. You're talking so fast. I didn't know what you were talking about. And I was like, Mom, you wouldn't have even known what I was talking about on that show, even if I wasn't talking fast, because she has no idea who these people are. She's like, I was like, do you even know who Taylor Armstrong is? She's like, yeah, you had one of them when you were a kid. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I, I sat with her for a second, and I thought about it. I was like, oh, no, Mom. That we're not, we're talking about Taylor Armstrong, not Stretch Armstrong. Um, so Melinda, you know, she didn't, she didn't know what I was talking about on the show, but, uh, you guys were so sweet. So thank you for all the kind words. And it was kind of a stressful thing because right before I was already so nervous about the whole thing and you do it over Zoom or over Skype. And so I was so nervous. And right beforehand, Matt is looking and he's like designing the set behind me, you know, like he, he's always doing that when I'm getting on these Zooms like uh, with Joanna Gaines or something. He's like doing set design. Um, So he's doing the set design. He noticed like the plant I normally have in the shot. It's like a live plant and it looked like a little bit dead or the leaf was looking weird, janky. So literally right before I pop on, I'm trying to figure out our internet because I'm having a bad connection with the internet and he's changing out the plants. So he pulls up this like shorter plant that we have and then he has to put it on a box because it's short. And we did not think it was going to be in the frame but it's so on the actual episode of Watch What Happens Live that I was on, you can just see like a small plant that is like resting on a con air box that was like ready to go out into the garbage. It was an empty box that we were going to take to the recycling bin. 
and we used it as like the plant stand, not thinking it was going to be on the shot. But so I don't know, people, I, it was embarrassing. People probably thought I couldn't get furniture. I'm not saying I'm made of money, but I can certainly afford a furniture that's not boxes. I mean, I might as well have had an inflatable chair from 1999 that I was sitting on for the appearance because you just saw the Con Air box in the corner. Um, it was embarrassing. But uh, thank you. I had so much fun. So much fun. Now, uh, we also have a lot of Bravo stuff to talk about, you guys. We got to talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. They're in Vegas. Also, I have some thoughts on that Real Housewives of Orange County reunion. But uh, something outside of the world of Bravo that we need to chat about for just briefly is the Dale and Claire breakup from The Bachelorette. Dale and Claire, they broke up. Uh, You know, I covered The Bachelorette on this podcast last season, and it was a a thrill. Um, But I really started to fall out of love with the show when Claire left with Dale, because she was so, what do I, what's the word I want to use? Uneasy, unhinged, unpredictable. She was all of the uns. And when she left the show with Dale, it just didn't recover in my eyes. And eventually I grew tired of the Lakint in uh, Playgrounds. Um, but of course, I did not think that Claire and Dale would be together forever. I sort of assumed that they would break up. I'm shocked that they made it this long, although I think the breakup happened much sooner than just the other day. I mean, I think we all know. We all, none of us were born yesterday. We know that it happened a long time ago. This is just when they put out the press release. They decided to go. Uh, wide with it, but there were always these rumors over the past couple of months that he was with other women, and there was all this stuff going on. And so I, I believe they were donezo a long time ago. But I'm still, I'm still going to miss those two. And I hope that Claire pops up somewhere. I don't know where can we get her as a housewife. I know she wasn't super popular amongst Bachelor Nation. People tell me, uh, but I found her unpredictability to be very entertaining. So I wouldn't mind seeing her pop up on, I don't know, Vanderpump Rules. Let's get her job at Sir. Uh, something. Let's get her somewhere else. Okay. Uh, Orange County reunion, you guys. The end of that. Whoo, you guys. The end of that when Bronwyn allegedly told Shannon's 14-year-old daughter that she's got a good dealer for her. Or, or she said something along the lines of, like, I got a or the best dealer for you. Something along those lines. Leading the daughter to believe that she could get her drugs. I'm assuming drugs. There were all these reports in the blogs that it was like cocaine, but they didn't specifically say cocaine in the episode. However, we were led to believe that. And that's fucked up. Bronwyn, I've had enough of Bronwyn, you guys. I've had enough of Bronwyn. I know I said that last week on the show, but it's like, there's too much. And she even admitted at the reunion she's addicted to fame, or she could be addicted to fame because she's got an addictive personality. But I'm just so sick of her. And it's upsetting because I had such high hopes for Bronwyn. And now it's just like, I can't see her anymore. Get her off my screen. And I can't even see a screen without seeing Bronwyn because she's in every news story on E! News, Daily Mail, everything. It's like, enough is enough. I can't see it anymore. But they do a cliffhanger, and that was upsetting. But I, I assume that eventually we'll all see the truth. And had it with her. You guys will all see the truth. We'll all see the yes. truth. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. No. <laughs> I fucking had it with Bronwyn, to be honest with you guys. I'm sorry. Maybe she'll turn around. Maybe she'll kind of level out next season. But as of right now, it's just a little too much. Also, there was a lot of stuff with Kelly Dodd and the mask. I couldn't believe she was kind of going after Andy a bit. She said... Uh, something about him not being American. I'm paraphrasing. Don't don't quote me on that. But they kind of had like a little moment. And I was like, oh, my God, it was an awkward, uncomfortable tension between Andy and Kelly Dodd. And I just don't know that Kelly Dodd's going to be coming back next season because so many people have uh, widely on social media said that, you know, she's the worst. 
And Andy even confronted her about it at the reunion. It's like, everyone says, he's like, I get so many messages, hundreds a day. And Kelly's response to that was like, I haven't lost any followers. I've gained followers or something like that. And it's like, well, that's not everything. Um, but I just can't imagine they bring her back, especially if they're d- that tense moment with Andy. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Gina, meanwhile, remains my fave. I love my Gina. Love her so much, you guys. I stand her so hard now. And I never could have expected that. Gina, she's level-headed. She even said, she's like, I'm a fucking train wreck. But she still called out the Shannon getting drunk and calling people thing, which we've heard from so many different people. I mean, Tamara said that in my interview with her a couple weeks ago, but also we've heard that now from Gina on the show. These are all disconnected cases where it's like Shannon's calling people drunk in the middle of the night. Now, I've drunk dialed a time or two in my day, but I can't imagine doing it to multiple cast members on my TV show job. Like, it's so weird to me. Um, and hopefully, I don't know, she'll figure it out. But I like that Gina called it out. I do like that Gina called it out. There was also a lot of Elizabeth stuff in the in the um, thing. She started crying because she said um, people were going after making fun of her relationship with the guy. And I did agree with her. I thought, you know, they were kind of making fun of, and I know collectively it must have been very hard for her that – uh, the audience had been sort of questioning their sex life so much. And that was like her whole main thing this season was like, are they going to have sex? And every time we saw them in a group, the other women would be like, do you guys have sex yet? And I could imagine that would be a little overwhelming, especially for this guy that she's with who maybe didn't even want to be on the show, but his girlfriend or wife or whatever is going to be on the show. So I could imagine that it was it was tough for him. And he probably didn't want her to talk about that. And then she's going on talking about it. But but once she does say it on camera, of course, I understand why the ladies would bring it up. So I don't know, you guys, that's Orange County. We have a two-part reunion. Next week's the finale. And uh, this season, I don't know. I did think the reunion was pretty good, though. It was entertaining. Like, I wasn't completely bored. But here's the thing. Even though I thought it was, there was a lot of moments that were thrilling. Even that end, it, it was jaw-dropping hearing that thing about Bronwyn and Shannon's daughter. Even though I think we knew it was coming because of the blogs and it had been reported online. It still was shocking to me. But even though we had so many of these shocking moments and it was, it seemed like there was a lot of drama at the reunion, I just still feel like the chemistry is very bizarre on that show. It still feels, I, I don't know. I don't know. And the looks too. What was going on with the looks? What the fuck was going on with Shannon's outfit? <laughs> I'm sorry. Shannon's a beautiful woman. A beautiful woman. But I don't know what was going on with that look. Andy's like, oh, you're from the 60s. She's like, my favorite decade. And look, I like a lot of things. That doesn't mean I'm going to dress like it. Um, so I don't, I don't understand who was styling. And the hair and makeup, too. I thought the hair and makeup on her was strange. They were going for the 60s look, but it didn't really make much sense to me. But what do I know? Uh, okay, you guys, let's talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, shall we? You know you're on your feet so much in Vegas. Why would I know that? I don't ever go to Vegas. I feel like everybody knows that. No, I don't know that. All I know is that Vegas is like prostitution capital of the world. Well, I don't know about that. Well, I don't know about that. I love that scene with uh, Meredith and Brooks, you guys, just packing for Vegas. I loved it. I don't know. It was pure camp to me. Something about it. The way their vocal vocal fries sort of layer on top of each other, it's just so fun to me. Um, we're also, we're going to get a season two of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Andy confirmed it on Watch What Happens Live. So I 
am so happy. I'm so excited we're getting a season two. We need it. I'm loving season one, and I just think season two is going to be good. So I'm thrilled that they're getting a season two, and I wonder if they're all going to come back. I think they will. Even though Mary has been sort of out of the action, you know, she's on a separate show, really, I still think they're going to bring her back so that we get more details. I still think there's a lot to unravel about Mary. And quite frankly, I want to unravel it. I don't want Mary gone. Even though she does seem separate from the other ladies, I, I still want her around next season. So I'm hopeful that we bring everyone back and throw a new woman in there or a new friend of or something. That's that's my hopes and dreams and wishes. Um, anyway, we open on Mary and Robert, and they want to sell their Florida house. They talk a little bit about it. And this is mostly all we see of Mary. It was it, and then she's gone, pretty much. Uh, we cut to Brooks and Meredith. They're at the market getting stuff for uh, cooking. Brooks is on a big diet. He's looking to get stuff for mint water and nar- non-carb noodles. Um, and at one point, he wanted to buy dog treats, which who among us hasn't been bamboozled by the packaging a time or two? I mean, I've uh, certainly been in my fair share of grocery stores where I looked at something and thought it was for me, but it's for a dog. And so I got it. I understood um, but watching those two just go about their days, I find it both annoying, infuriating, and thrilling, and entertaining. Like, I find it all of those things. Something about the two of them, it's like I hate it so much, and I love every second. You guys get what I'm saying. You get it. Uh, then we cut to Jen's chalet. Now, a lot of people have been pointing this out to me. I've gotten so many DMs about these houses and the fact that they don't always look lived in. Jen's chalet was a reportedly rented, I believe, um, and it doesn't look like there's like a lot of houses or a lot of pictures in the house. And it seems like that with some of the other ones too. Whitney's I was looking at, and I'm like, are there family photos on the wall? Like I'm not seeing a lot of personal details, but I know some people like the minimalistic. Not everyone could have just a con air box that they put their plants on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but it does seem like we're missing some like personal stuff in some of the houses. So I don't really know. Um, but Jen does sit down with Sharif. Sharif's got a man that she wants to, he wants to introduce Heather to. And you guys, I love Sharif with all my heart and soul. I love that man. He's so wonderful. He's got like just a, a nice, bubbly, fun, kind personality. And the fact that he's trying to set up Heather, I'm like, good for you, Sharif. I was so happy and I was just hoping that the man would have worked out for Heather. Unfortunately, it did not. Um, we'll get to the date in just a minute. But before that, we have Whitney's house. Will, her brother, arrives, her half-brother who we met before, and she starts talking about the family. Now, every time on the show, when we see one of the housewives say in their confessional, we're not your typical Mormon family, I get so excited. They start to show pictures. I'm on the edge of my seat. I love it. I don't get it. Normally on the other shows, I'm not interested in like the personal family stories. You know, I just want to see the women together. But on this show, it's like when they say that, I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, give me more, give me more, give me more. Hashtag Britney. Hashtag free Britney. Um, that's neither here nor there. The point is, uh, Shaylee, um, is spelled, I believe, S-H-A-Y-L-E-E. Let's take a moment to just let that sink in. Shaylee, uh, Whitney's sister, she is coming over for dinner. They're going to do dinner with the dad. Um, and they haven't done one, all four of them, in, she says, about 10 years. And you guys, I cried. Every one of the scenes with Whitney's family, I cry. I don't know what it is, if it just hits something in me. But I find their scenes very sad, heartwarming, and I'm hopeful about their family just working it out. I want the dad to work out. I did tear up, though, when Shaylee, S-H-A-Y-L-E-E, arrived. I might have wrote that wrong. But either way, Shaylee, that's, um, that was her name. I, did I spell it right? Was it S-H-A-Y? <laughs> I hate to make fun of someone's name, but 
you guys, it does remind me of like, have you ever seen that meme online where it's like the pregnant woman and they put the names on the chalkboard behind her? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Seems like the name would be on there. It's just like one of those millennial names. It's like Shaylee. But you know what? Shaylee, this Shaylee was ahead of her time because she wasn't, she was born a long time ago. So the dad and mom who named Shaylee, they were ahead of their time. So let's not dwell on that. Okay. So the dad arrives and I got to say, they sit down for dinner and I was so happy that they were sitting down, but I was sort of focused on something else. Now I know he's facing his kids after abandoning them for a prescription pill addiction, but I need him to remove his hat at the dinner table. Did anyone else notice this? I mean, I was raised, you do not have your hat at the dinner table. You do not. If you sit down, even if it's at like a a sports bar restaurant, even when I sit down at a sports bar to have some chicken wings with some friends, um, because you know I'm not looking at the sports on the TV. I'm just thinking about the chicken wings when I go to a sports bar. But I was taught you always remove the hat, like if I'm wearing a baseball hat or a, a beanie. And the dad must know this. He must know this. So I'm sorry that I wasn't paying attention to what they were talking about. Uh, but I would just really wanted him to remove that hat. They were also indoors at a home. Um, I know he was on camera. Maybe he didn't want to show off the, the top of the head, but I just wish he would have removed it. And I get it. I'm a hat guy too. My boyfriend, he wears a hat everywhere. It's like, I can't get him to take off that fucking hat. Um, but I still think it's just appropriate. Maybe I'm just being too, too much, but I think you need to remove the hat. But now I said it. Um, okay. So what we cut to Heather getting set up by Sharif and Jen. This was so cute. So they're all sitting down at a restaurant. Heather arrives when Sharif and Jen are already, already there. And Sharif starts beatboxing when Heather arrives. And she just starts dancing. It was so cute. I loved it. Loved it. And then the guy who comes uh, for the date, is his name is Big Daddy. That's what they call him. And I was thinking about this in my notes. Heather has this way in this show of being sort of like overtly sexual. But then she also seems like very straight-laced. And she's smart and witty. And I was like... Man, Heather is really somehow, more than any other person I've ever seen on these shows, she's somehow the Carrie, Samantha, Miranda, and a Charlotte. She seems to fit in all those boxes. And I don't get it. It's shocking to me. But Heather fits all of those molds flawlessly. And she said in her confessional, she said, regarding Big Daddy, he's tall, dark, handsome, and alive. Jen knows what I'm looking for. And that's funny. (laughs) That is so funny. I love her. Flawless. Five stars. Give her an Emmy. Um, meanwhile, Big Dick Daddy, not Big Dick Daddy, Big Daddy, I'm sure he's got a big dick too. He was a tall man. Um, but he ordered a non-alcoholic drink. Um, it with had a, it had a carrot as the, um, it had a carrot as the flourish or the, not the flourish. What do they call that? <laughs> not a flourish. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, the garnish, the garnish. I should know that. Um, it had a carrot garnish and then he ordered a Sprite too. And you know, Heather of course was ready to get down. She was having a cocktail. She ordered the steak. Um, and it was a, kind of a bad date, but I was appreciative that Sharif tried to set it up and maybe, I don't know, maybe they'd see each other again. He was a little shy. He seemed nervous, maybe outside of the cameras, they could have had a good date. So I, I wonder if they saw each other again. I don't know. Meanwhile, uh, we have another scene with Whitney and, Every one of Whitney's scenes, they did this a lot this episode. They did a lot of rewind work where it was like we were in a scene and then Whitney would be like, oh, the other day this happened. And then they would do that rewind um, graphic. Do you know what I'm saying? It was like they did the rewind. They did it like four times this episode. It was like, we're just playing with time and space here. It's all willy nilly. I mean, really playing with time and space in this episode. It felt like I was watching fucking Back to the Future. It was like, why do we keep rewinding? I, I know they have to flash back to things, but normally they just flash back. Normally they don't do that rewind button thing, um, which was bizarre to me. 
Um, but she's planning a Vegas trip. She texts everyone. And they put the text on screen uh, that she gets back. So, like, everyone, Heather is like, yes, let's, I can't wait to go to Vegas. Like, everyone's basically like, yeah, let's get fucked up and go to Vegas. Jen texted back, like, as long as I'm the CEO of fun. And then Meredith's, uh, she texted Whitney back uh, regarding her Vegas invitation. She said, Vegas isn't my scene, but I can probably make it. <laughs> so Meredith is such like everyone's like, yeah, let's get fucked up in Vegas. And Meredith's like, well, it's not really my thing, but I'll try to make it. And like, I want Meredith to just loosen up a bit. Um, but I love that she's buttoned up, but also it's like, <laughs> I'll try to make it. I can probably make it. And then uh, Lisa, uh, did Lisa even text back? Lisa was being such an asshole to Whitney. I was feeling so bad. You know, I love my Whitney. So I was getting really mad at Lisa. And I want to like Lisa, but I was so mad at her for how she was treating Whitney this episode. Like, such an asshole. Um, Also, Meredith said in regards to going to Vegas, I'll go, but I don't have the energy for drama. She doesn't have the energy for drama. It's like, Meredith, you've said that every episode, and you're on The Real House of Salt Lake City. Like, you need to go on another program if you're not in the mood for drama, because that's what this show's about. It is. That's the logline of the show. Drama. That's it. That's really all this show takes. We need some laughs and some drama. And so if you're not willing to do half of that, Mare, you know I love you, though. I love you. I hate to be critical of my Mare. Love her. Um, but we need the drama. We need the drama. Mary, meanwhile, says she's not going to Vegas. She'd rather be on, and I quote, a plane full of mice than go to Vegas with Jen. <laughs> uh, you guys, I love Mary every week more and more. And, you know, even though we just get little tastes of her, little glimpses of Mary, every time she comes on, I'm like, ooh, Mary. I feel like Jack A and 227. Ooh, Mary. I can't do that impression. But, um, yeah, I love it. I love it. She would rather be on a plane full of mice. Plane full of mice. Then we see everyone getting ready to go to uh, Vegas. Lisa's already there. Um, I'm thrilled that they're going to Vegas, meanwhile, because I love Vegas, and I think it's a great housewife's trip, especially for these women. I want them to let loose. And I know this episode, we didn't really get them super let loose, but I want to see them like, drunk in the casino at a dance club or just getting a little crazy. I'm hopeful for next week because they're just a little buttoned up. And, of course, it's our first season of a reality show. I get it. Roni, by season eight, those women were just drunk as skunks in the middle of a dance club. Remember when they went to Atlantic City? Ah, that was a trip. That was a trip for the ages. So when they arrive in Vegas, Jen had brought, like, six bags for two nights, which was shocking to me. Um, Again, Lisa was already there, and she's ignoring Whitney's calls. Whitney tried to call her in the limo to the hotel. Lisa ignored it and then called back Meredith. And I gotta say, I think Lisa and Meredith are a little bit mean girly or clicky. I don't want to say mean girl. I feel like that's overused in Housewives, so forgive me for saying that. But I feel like they're clicky. I get. I feel like a clickiness. And I know Heather brought it up last week on the show, but it feels that way to me, just as a viewer, too. So I couldn't even imagine what it's like for Whitney and Heather watching it. Um, but they stay at the Nomad in Vegas, and the concierge there, guys, the concierge at the Nomad, you guys, he gave him a poem. I've never stayed at a hotel. You don't get that at the Marriott or the Holiday Inn. You do not just get a man giving you a poem when you arrive. He said something like, roses are red, violets are blue. You're here at the Nomad, so have fun, whatever you do, or something like some bullshit like that. I was like, who's this man just doing a Dr. Seuss poem? He's doing re- one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. You're all in Vegas. Welcome. I was like, what is happening? Never seen this before. Um, and it doesn't happen on the other franchise either. Never has the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills arrived somewhere, or the Roni women arrived in uh, Mexico, and they gave him a poem. 
but maybe we need to start doing it more and more. I'd like to get some more poetry work happening on here, some slam poetry. I'd like to see someone welcome, I don't know, the Potomac cast and their vacation with a poem. Um, you know, whatever we got to do. Um, Lisa then, uh, she comes in and she meets with Meredith and she's coming in really hot. I feel like Lisa's coming in even hotter than Jen lately. Um, but we have a lot of layered arguments here already. We got Meredith who's mad at Jen. We got Lisa mad at Whitney. Mary's, of course, the outcast, but everyone's like sort of on the outs with her. And I like the layered. I feel like we, we have more than one, just like one versus the other. It's like we got a, a bunch of layers to these arguments and I'm really here for that. So when they arrive, they split up already. Whitney was upset about it because she wanted to have the whole group together, but they split up Heather and Jen. They do like a private shoe shopping thing. Um, I got to say, I love the Heather-Jen friendship, even though I think Jen comes on too strong and she's a lot on this show. I love their relationship together. I think it's, it works. I always find that people, if there's like a, a more quiet, reserved friend. They usually have like a really crazy, wild, outgoing friend. I always just feel like best friends tend to balance each other out a little bit. Um, and I get that from these two. And I like that. I like that. Also, Jen sort of reminds me of Nicole Scherzinger a little bit. Nicole Scherzinger, you know, from the Pussycat Dolls. She sort of got that look. Um, you know, at first I thought it was Kardashian, but now I'm like, it's a little more Nicole. Hashtag I am Nicole. Do you guys remember Nicole Scherzinger? She tried to release a solo album, Justice for I am Nicole. It never got released in the US. Although I think they just put it on Spotify. Um, but it was like years that they were teasing Nicole's solo album. And uh, unfortunately, America didn't embrace it, um, even though we should have. So I don't know. That's just a little tangent. But uh, justice for Nicole Scherzinger is what I'm trying to say. Um, let's see. Then uh, Whitney, Meredith, and Heather, they they go racing. It's very awkward. They weren't talking on the way there. And Lisa name-checked Patrick Dempsey. She's like, yeah, I go to this one racetrack with Dempsey. I mean, Patrick Dempsey. And I was like, well, do you really just call Patrick Dempsey Dempsey? Like, was she just, was she being fun or was she, do, does she actually call him that? I need answers. Patrick Dempsey, you guys, by the way, he came back to Grey's Anatomy this season. You know, I love my Grey's. I watch my Grey's, but he came back... And I would have loved to see Derek, but I couldn't watch the season. I started watching like two episodes and I had to turn it off because they're dealing with all this COVID stuff. And I feel so uh, upset that we have Patrick Dempsey McDreamy back on the show and I can't even watch it because it's so, uh, it's too much COVID. It's too much COVID. I get that they're a hospital show. They're got to do it, but I don't want to watch that. Um, let's see then. Oh, in the middle of Lisa and Whitney talking, Lisa takes a phone call and she's just like, hello. And they were in literally mid-conversation. Lisa picks up the phone and says, hello. She's like, I'm so busy. <laughs> I'm so busy. Uh, like she, I don't know who she's talking to. But A, I hate when people talk about being busy. Like, I get it. <laughs> We've all done it before. But it is annoying when people say, like, I'm so busy. It's like, okay, just be busy. I don't need to hear about how busy you are. Does that make sense? Um, I'm sure I've done it on this show before. You guys could probably rewind the tapes, and it's like every episode I'm probably like, oh, I'm so busy. But I do hate when people do it. I do hate it. Um, let's see. Then uh, they get to they get to this place, the race car track, and Lisa. Lisa was just bugging me this episode, and I love her. T- I feel like I'm being tough on Lisa this this podcast recap. But this episode, she was giving me too much. It was too much. She arrived at the racetrack. She's like, I drive a Porsche. She said that to the guy. She's like, what do you think I should get here? And the guys are like, I don't fucking know. You'll take whatever we give the keys to. It's not like they got a whole car dealership here. I didn't even think that the women got to choose. I thought they just give them a car to race. They assigned them a race driver. And then whatever car the race driver had, they get in and race. She's like, I got a Porsche. 
I got a Porsche. I know, it's just something weird. Uh, the Meredith and Lisa dynamic, I just don't like them when they're together. I think I love them separately. Maybe that's my issue. I feel like I'm not liking the dynamic when those two are together, but when they're separate, I love them. So I don't know. TBD. TBD. There's a lot of awkwardness, too. After the racing thing, Whitney apologized to Lisa, and they agreed to move forward, but there was a lot of awkwardness. Then we see Heather and Jen, um, who are trying on the shoes and buying stuff, and then Jen reveals that she's still mad at Whitney, even though we saw makeup in a bathtub. We saw it in the bathtub last week. You're not fooling me, Jen. I thought I was going crazy watching it. For a second, when Jen said that, like, I'm so pissed at Whitney, I was like, am I literally fucking losing it? I was like, didn't I just watch last week on the show? That didn't make any sense to me. And then I was like thinking maybe they showed things out of order or something. You know, they do that on Housewives sometimes. But but ultimately, I don't think that was it. But it didn't make any sense to me why Jen all of a sudden, was she just trying to be dramatic for the show? Because we literally watched and they even flash back to it of them in the bathtub and like hugging in one bath. But I'm watching like, don't bamboozle me. Jen, she was so mad. She said, she was like yelling about uh, chicken nuggets or something too. She's like, I I'd bitch slap Whitney, she said, and something about chicken nuggets. She did a chicken nugget metaphor and I didn't really understand. I didn't get it. She, but I heard chicken nuggets. You know, my ears pop up when my antennas pop up when I hear the word chicken nuggets. <laughs> you know, I love a chicken nugget. Nothing better than a chicken finger. You know what I'm saying? A chicken tender, chicken nugget, chicken tender, chicken finger. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. Let's have a moment of silence for chicken tenders. <laughs> oh, you guys, I'm so stupid. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, we have, oh, so yeah, she's so mad. Heather then says to us in her confessional, she's like, Jen just wants henchmen. She just wants people to agree with whatever she's feeling at the time. Um, but Jen did say, the only reason I haven't bitch slapped uh, Whitney is because she's your friend, Heather. And I don't get it. And she also said that like no one likes Whitney, but I'm like, why doesn't anyone like Whitney? Whitney's so sweet. I love Whitney. So they all need to get on board with Whitney. I'm tired of this. I can't have it. I, I can't have it. All these people against Whitney. I think Whitney's the best. You know, I love my Heather. I love my Whitney. I love them all. But Heather and Whitney are my faves. They are right now. Um, that's the end of the episode, though. Next week, we see uh, a lot of fighting. Meredith walks away. Whitney versus Jen. Heather versus Jen. And then they go to a clairvoyant's house. It looks like a clairvoyant or a psychic or something. They go to someone's house who says that, like, raise your hand. I don't know. Maybe it's just a school class or something. Because they, they see this woman in the preview. And then the woman says, like, raise your hands if you uh, or don't trust Jen. And then they all raise their hands. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait. So that's the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, you guys. Um, loving it. Loving it. And we get a season two. Let's celebrate. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% 
less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Okay, The Real Housewives of Dallas, you guys. I just have a few thoughts. I got to talk about Cameron on that on that uh, treadmill alongside her new dog. She's working out with the dog. She's got the workout buddy. And oh my God, it made me laugh so hard. The dog is just next to her while she's on the elliptical. Oh my God, I loved it. I loved it. And I... I just, I really like Cam, and I'm a little bit worried because I know there's this Cam-Tiffany thing brewing, and I just want them to team up because I love Tiffany Moon so much. I'm so moonstruck by Tiffany that I can't imagine having to choose a side, although Cameron's starting to lose me because, do you guys see, she was on Watch What Happens Live, and she said some inappropriate things. Some people had sent me some some clips of her, and then she's uh, going on and on about the chicken foot thing. 
And you know, last week on the show, I said I agreed that Cam about Cam and the chicken foot. I understood why she wouldn't want to eat it. And I do think Tiffany Moon was going a little hard trying to get her to eat it. But then now I'm flip flopping and now I'm mad at Cam because I feel like she's taking it too far. Um, I wish, I wish she wouldn't. I feel like Cam is really losing me. And that sucks because I, I love her so much and I want to keep loving her. And I'm not ready to disavow my Cam entirely. I'm just saying that she's really starting to lose me and I don't like it. And she seemingly, uh, paired up with Carrie Burningham. Um, in real time, they have a podcast together. And so they're buddy buddy. And so I'm just wondering, uh, the allegiances, where do they lie in real time? Do you know what I'm saying? Cause on the show, we're seeing, it seems like Deandra and Carrie were really close, but now I'm noticing a wedge between the two of them happening. So where does it end? Where does it end? I don't know. And Cameron also keeps going after Tiffany Moon about her hosting skills. She says, she mentioned a hundred times that she didn't have the centerpiece at the, the, uh, the eating thing they did last week. And now she's going on and on about she's throwing a big party for Carrie's 50th birthday. And she uh, keeps mentioning uh, Tiffany's bad hosting skills, and so I'm a little concerned about that. Although Cameron did throw a good party, but I gotta say, love that there's these hot shirtless men there. You know I love hot shirtless men? A guy without a blouse is a good guy to me. So I was really happy to see that, but again, and I'm not gonna harp on it. Although maybe I'll harp on it a little. The COVID rules make no fucking sense. And Brandy even got back, and it was, uh, you guys, I just do not like Brandy. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm gonna bite my tongue, but you know what I'm thinking. You guys, just imagine what I'm thinking. <laughs> just imagine what I'm recapping about Brandy Redman in my head. I'll just let you guys use your imagination. We'll get creative with this recap because I don't want to just go off and talk badly about Brandy again because I feel like I could do that every week. And so I just want you guys to just sit. Let's just take a moment. You guys all use your imaginations and you guys just think about what you think of her and then imagine what I think of her. And I'll just leave it at that. There's a lot of stuff this week, too, about Stephanie and Travis Holman. Now, Stephanie's starting a charity, and Travis, who at one point in time I did like. I did like Travis in a moment of time, but I do not like the way he's speaking to my Stephanie. I do not like it. He's such an asshole. And she even calls him an asshole, and she's trying to start a charity and do something nice. And he's, like, just calling her out on camera. And, yeah, maybe she isn't doing it exactly properly. But I do not like that he's doing it to his wife on camera. He's such an asshole. You know, and at one time I found him very attractive. You know, I'll say, I'm embarrassed to say I did, but now I do not like this man. I do not care for him. Uh, We also got this scene with Tiffany. She's going to buy groceries for the parents. So the mom, she's just leaving the house. Tiffany's got to go to the the Asian grocery store to get the food. And I love this scene. I love seeing Tiffany with the kids. It was so cute. And the kids like don't understand COVID, which I think is also very relatable. I mean, my brothers, they both have kids. And I feel like the kids, it's hard to explain it at a very young age. Like what exactly is going on? Why they can't go places without masks on or why they can't see grandma and grandpa, like those kinds of things. So I thought that was relatable and it was interesting. And the mom too, I love, I mean, I think we talked about chicken nuggets. The mom mentions about chicken nuggets and I was like, oh, I love Tiffany Moon's mom now. I'm moonstruck by the mom too now. So, uh, you know, I, maybe I'll snap out of it eventually, but right now I love the mom. Snap out of it. <laughs> Guys, I just, I, and I'm moonstruck. I keep mentioning moonstruck because I just rewatched it. I got the Criterion Collection Blu-ray. Uh, I bought it as like a, 
a gift for myself. And it's one of my all-time favorite movies. If you've never seen the movie Moonstruck, immediately go rent it, go watch it somewhere. It's with Queen Icon Legend Cher, Nicolas Cage. It's very Italian. Cher plays an iconic Italian, even though I don't believe she's Italian in real life. She's a she's Italian in my eyes after this Moonstruck performance, which won her an Oscar. And it's like a weird, it's a very weird movie. Like, And I mean that in the most complimentary of ways. Like, it's not traditional rom-com like there's weird stuff in it and that's what makes it so good so i you know i mean weird in the in the best of ways but um so i'm in that and that's of course again where the iconic line of snap out of it comes from no i love my share um so yeah i love tiffany's mom uh we have this party uh with that's the big event before the party though i quickly got to mention carrie in the photo shoot carrie did do a photo shoot where she just got naked she's like she said it was for the jewelry. She said, I need this for social media for my jewelry. But really, she just wanted hot photos. And I totally respect and understand that and applaud that because I think when you're young, you should do the hot photos that you have when you're old. You could look back and think, wow, I look good. So, you know, I'm still, I, I, one day I'm going to do that. One day I'm going to do that. But Carrie is a lot, you know, at Carrie's party later on when they were drinking the tequila. She just comes on very strong with the drinking and trying to make people drink. And I was getting frustrated when she was like pouring the drink down Tiffany Moon's throat. It's like Tiffany didn't want it. And then, of course, Tiffany's also like the new person on the show. So she was probably a little uncomfortable and didn't want to like cause any rifts. So she just took the tequila in her mouth. Um, and then she threw Tiffany Moon in the pool. She threw her right in the pool, and Tiffany Moon is so sweet, she just took it. But DeAndra came in and said, I was like, Carrie, she doesn't fucking swim. Why'd you throw her in the fucking pool? DeAndra, I've never thought I'd warm up to DeAndra, but here we are. Now, somehow, this season, I'm liking DeAndra. Um, but she stuck up for Tiffany Moon. She popped in. Said, don't throw her in the pool. And Carrie's just like, ah, like Carrie. <laughs> I feel like Carrie's like a Tasmanian devil or something. And she wanted to have she, Cameron's, uh, the only uh, thing she wanted for her party from Cameron was that she could dance on a table. Um, Brandy, meanwhile, showed up at the party with all that COVID. She was doing a lot of COVID comedy, just a lot of COVID comedy work. She thought she was, I don't know, fucking Amy Schumer doing comedy bits. <sighs> Brandy. <sighs> Anyway, they all sit down, they are eating, and then we talk about the footgate, the chicken footgate. That's like the big uh, the big fight, and I sort of enjoy this fight, although I was siding with Tiffany Moon. It is a fun kind of... I, Cam was being culturally insensitive. I want to say that right off the bat. She was, certainly. Um, but I do think this is like an entertaining kind of fight, if that makes sense. And I, I don't mean to say that it's not an insensitive conversation. I just think, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. And I'm, it's fun. It's like they were fighting over chicken feet. And somebody said at the table, like, I never thought we'd fight over chicken feet. And it made me laugh. Um, but that's the episode, you guys. We also have this Jennifer Davis who was at the party. And I'm curious about her because it seems like they're sort of editing around her or editing out her. I don't know how much she filmed, but she's been at all these group events. And I still feel like we have no idea who this woman is. Um, but curious to see more. And I wonder if she'll get in the mix or if they just thought, she wasn't bringing anything interesting to the show. Like, what happened with her? Um, everyone has a story. What's her story? You guys, that's the episode of Everything Iconic. I love you so much for listening. Uh, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. And if you want to check out any of the interviews, I put them up on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. Uh, go like, like, subscribe, comment, all of that stuff. And if you want any of the Everything Iconic merch, go to everythingiconic.store. 
everything iconic.store. I'll put all of these, uh, this information in the episode description along with the timestamps. I try to put those in there too so you guys can skip ahead. Um, with all of that said, you guys, let's do our little cheesy cool down. Uh, it's been, you know, it's been a day. So I'll take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Because I try to do longer breaths for our cool down because a lot of you, a lot of you have reached out to me and said the cool down moves too quickly. So I tried to give you a little more time. Um, I love you all. Let's go out there. Let's get loud. And (laughs) America is beautiful. And let's get loud. I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Oh, it's so-